Hey, everybody, I want to welcome you again to the Before You Quit podcast, where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard. And man, does it get hard sometimes. That is why we do what we do on these podcast episodes. My name is Mitch Schultz. I'm your host. I'm also the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry. Interesting topic today. Uh, hey, I kind of feel like we're getting back to normal where I can start talking about topics that are not so shaped by our reaction to COVID or how to survive COVID. Uh, I'm definitely not talking about politics today, not one bit. We are past that. Uh, I am good. I hope you're good. I hope you are reminded that God is sovereign, that uh, he's in charge of everything. Uh, I love that passage uh, in Daniel that talks about, in reference to God, he's the one that sets up kings and deposes them, and times and seasons are in his hands. He's got it. I hope you're relaxed. I hope you're able to focus back on the church, on the kingdom, and on the things that uh, ultimately matter in eternity or for eternity. All right, well, with, uh, with so much changing in our church, and I don't mean COVID, even before covid uh, churches that I've been a part of, that I'm talking to, that I'm observing, are uh, looking for ways to reach each other better, looking for ways to reach culture better, better ways to serve one another. Uh, but what I want to talk about in, in the midst of all that, as we try to navigate uh, being better, doing better, I want to talk about the role that biblical education plays in the life of our church. And my encouragement to you as pastors and church leaders is, is as you make changes, as you reset, revisit, whatever you do, um, uh, that you will make room for, and, or as you make room for growth and seek to reach, uh, reach others, uh, don't diminish your commitment to biblical education, the teaching of scripture. Uh, so I'm excited today to talk with my good friend, Alan Wilson. Uh, who speaks out of a vast experience in helping churches remain strong in their commitment to Christian or biblical education about this very thing. Uh, Alan's a good friend. He was actually a member of the church that I served as an associate pastor up in Wisconsin, and we collaborated together often in doing workshops for Sunday school teachers, Christian education, children's teachers, youth teachers. Uh, he is currently the U.S. field coordinator for regular Baptist press. Uh, he served as Baptist in Baptist churches as pastor in Florida, Michigan, Wisconsin, and he's ministered as a deacon, uh, Sunday school teacher, youth pastor, associate pastor, senior pastor, and currently Alan travels across the United States speaking and leading workshops and major conferences in churches across the country. And uh, he currently lives in Michigan with his lovely wife. Uh, so without any further ado, let me go ahead and jump into that conversation with Alan right now. All right. Well, I have the privilege of having a really good friend uh, on the other side of my screen here on Zoom. Um, Alan Wilson, good morning. And good you morning. are in Michigan. And my first question to you is, what the heck is going on in Michigan? This is two days after the election here, but <laughs> let's not talk too much about the election. Yeah, that's right. right now, as, we're, that's as right. we're talking, we have no idea what's going on yet. But when this, yeah, is I think out, it's still going, going on. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it will. It will for might be next week when yeah. I put this out. Yeah, All right, well, we we did our civic duty. So yeah, I know, I know, did what you're supposed to do. Yeah, well, sure. Uh, just introduce yourself. That's and, right. You know, what do you what do you do, and and why do you do it? What's your what's your passion? 
Well, I pastored for 15 years, and then I came into working with Regular Baptist Press. It's a, we've been around for 65 years, and we are a nonprofit that produces educational material for the local church. So I represent that. I do workshops and trainings, and I've always kept it on a ministry level as opposed to a sales level. And um, I think that's the best way to relate to the church in, uh, you know, trying to be a help and in introducing, if I am able to introduce any of our products, uh, that's mm-hmm. how I. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it. it's a great resource to the church. And this is why we're talking today to talk about the importance of, of biblical education or the church. Um, yes. You and I, you and I know each other from Wisconsin. I, I was associate pastor Correct. of the church that you attended and we, uh, yes. I remember I enjoyed so much collaborating with you, uh, doing mm-hmm. workshops for our, our yes. teachers, our small group leaders. So we've got uh, a little history there together. Yes. And, uh, probably, yes. probably the thing that we have most in common that is, uh, uh, the heaviest things we we each have uh, lost a son, and we uh, yes. have that affinity together and have yes. uh, shared in that uh, experience together. Yes. Um, what what is your? Yeah, I mean, I you, I didn't let you answer the question of why do you do what you do, but maybe with that, what what is your greatest burden for the church today? Uh, Mitch, I I think my greatest burden. I love the church. I I try never to position myself. As a critic of the church, I think that's Mm. a bad place to be. So we struggle in this earthly struggle to do the church and the body of Christ. So I have a huge respect for it, for pastors, for congregations, for, you know, what they try to do in their communities. So my burden for the church is that I think primarily, um, maybe someone would think I'd say that it's always the gospel, but I think mm-hmm. I have one thing above that, and it would be that whatever we do, it brings glory to God. Mm-hmm. And then under that, I think I would put the gospel that we never forget what yeah, that's good. changes people is that a saving relationship, that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And then the continuation of teaching the word as effectively as we can. And, and I think that is always something that's fluid and we never arrive at. We always mm. can improve and, and learn. So mm. that is my burden for the church. And I, I try to, I'm a simple guy, so I kind of keep it simple. And yeah, I, try I think to that's keep why that you and I get along so well is because we're two simple guys. So we always keep it, we always keep it simple <laughs> with each other. The primary purpose or our desire, your desire for the church is that it glorifies God. That, uh, mm-hmm. that allows us to embrace that there's, there's messiness. There's, you know, we're, we're sinful yes. human beings that make up the body yes. of Christ and, Yes. And to, to glorify God does not mean that things are going to be perfect. We're, no. we're, I mean, even with COVID, you know, we're just navigating uh, just a lot of challenges with the church. And I, I, yes. I was going to ask you a question about, about COVID and the church, but my last podcast was about all that. So I don't want to, You're good. You're I don't want to, I don't want to bore my two <laughs> listeners. Um, yeah. So yeah. what? So we're going to talk about Christian education, biblical education in the church uh, you mentioned the, the teaching of the Word of God in the church, and I, I know you well enough to know that that is probably one of your greatest desires is that the pastor leaders are, are really teaching the Word of God. 
Um, how would you define, yes. uh, do we still use that word Christian education or is there biblical education or is there another word? Yeah, like, why, I do. Once you I, define that, why is that so important? Yeah, I like the word Christian education. And um, for me, uh, Christian education is really the ability, the skill, the skills, it's plural, to really, and we learn these things if you attended Bible college and you sat in a, a hermeneutics class, it really is taking the words off the pages of Scripture and delivering them to your audience, whatever that is, if it's first graders, junior hires, but teaching them, having the skills to teach at a graded level where they would, uh, you would package that where they would um, be able to receive that and to learn from that. Mm -hmm. So that, that would be my definition of Christian education. And it centers around the Bible. I, for the church, we, we talk about a lot of things, but to me, mm -hmm. the Bible has to be that primary source. Yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. Uh, yesterday, my granddaughter was with us. She's five years old. And then I take her to Awana. So we, we read through mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, the, the Awana portion for that night, look yes. at the Bible verse and, and she and we're talking about the Bible being, uh, you know, the Word of God, how God speaks to us. She goes, well, why doesn't why doesn't God Jesus just speak to me where I can hear him? And I thought, ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. That's great. <laughs> so, so I I shared with her how the, the Bible helps me to get to know Jesus and what He's done for yes. me, and in in a way, yes. He's it's a letter to me where I get to know His mm. heart. And I think I think she understood that. Yes. Um, in, in your view, uh, how have you seen a commitment to that, to uh, Christian education, biblical education, diminish in, in the past years? And, and what has been, you know, if you have seen it diminish, why? What has been the intent of the leadership in the church to, to do that? You know, again, we are, we are all sinners saved by grace. And it, I do believe it has diminished um, and is diminishing. I, Mitch, I feel strongly that our our message to society, to our to our congregations rather, is the scriptures. That is what we have to communicate. The whole counsel of God from Genesis one one to the end of the book of Revelation, or teaching it. Uh, the best we can. And you know, the tensions and the, the unknowns of, of walking through the scriptures. Um, I, I think we live in America in a day where it's short sound bite. It has to be um, highly interesting. Um, and there's a danger in that. I, you know, I, I think mm, yeah, that's a, that's really interesting because uh, because that is that is the popular thing is someone comes up with a and I, I think we saw this with COVID that as as pastors were were teaching or preaching through uh, through social media or through Zoom or whatever that uh, mm -hmm. there was this one statement that stood out you know and 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 you you see that from celebrity pastors you know there's just yes. like this really profound. Uh, way that they worded something that uh, it's like, you know, it's like, wow, that's just uh, amazing. Um, yep. And I think, I think, I think maybe too the, where the danger is, I think, and I would encourage anybody, we need to be interesting mm -hmm. from our, mm -hmm. in our classes and our pulpit. 
I think I struggle with the word entertaining. There's a, sometimes that's a fine line of entertaining and being interesting. And not all passages of scripture are going to hold the same level of interest. Some, some things are way easier to teach, as you know, having pastored, mm-hmm. way easier to teach and hold people's attention than certain things. But we're still responsible for teaching the whole counsel of God. Yeah, it's uh, and for a pastor, it's it, it can feel laborious. But if you're, I think if you're committed to it, uh, I got I got to a stage. Um, I well, after I left Wisconsin and moved to North Carolina, where I had the chance again to preach every week. Uh, I just I'm mm-hmm. just going to preach through books of the Bible, you know, so you're yes. committed and it can be laborious. And the challenge is how do you bring to life these these difficult passages? <laughs> and, you know, rather than yes. picking and choosing the exciting ones or even the exciting right. topics. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So you know, part of the question that I, I think I might have broken up when I asked is if, if there's been this diminishing and in the church of the, the value and importance of Christian education. Um, why has that happened? I mean, is part of it because it is hard and we're not just talking about preaching. We're talking about in every aspect of the church life, aren't we? Yeah. That we want to see I th- this. I think there is that pressure in the ministry to grow your church, to uh, uh, be seen in your community as uh, plugged in and, and relevant mm-hmm. and, Sometimes, uh, you know, we can call it Sunday school or that graded. Sometimes that just seems like it's old fashioned. Yeah. But yet those things can be so effective in the lives of um, our our students, you know, our congregation and our church. So I think there's those pressures to grow the church. And um, sometimes we, we lose sight of things that, uh, maybe we shouldn't get rid of or diminish. Have so, you seen churches that are growing because of their commitment to biblical education? Oh, there, there's no question. Um, it, it seems like every once in a while I get a phone call from a church and they'll ask me, does Sunday school still work? Does, you know, they'll bring up these mm-hmm. um, programs and yes, there are, but again, uh, Mitch, a lot of it lies in the leadership, the planning, um, just it, a little bit of the old what you sow, you reap. Mm-hmm. If you're committed to it and you have good leadership and good planning, um, you can have a vibrant, growing Sunday school. I sure any church, you can have a vibrant, growing Sunday school. But if you uh, ignore it, if you have the wrong people in leadership, um, you know, if you just give it very little attention, it's like any, anything else in life. If you do that, most things just kind of shrivel up and die. And I, and I wonder if sometimes uh, leadership will placate the desire of maybe some older people that miss Sunday school. Say, like, okay, go ahead. You know, if you all want to do your own thing, then go ahead. You're right. saying it has to come out of the the heart of the leadership, that this has to be an ex- extension of if we're going to glorify God, preach the gospel, yep. teach people, you know, the whole counsel of God. It needs to be happening everywhere within the church. And, and you're excited when people come to you and say, help us uh, start that. 
Yeah, I think you said is, uh, does it have to come from the pastoral leadership, the leaders in the church that they get behind mm -hmm. a Sunday school uh, ministry? Is that kind of the gist of the yeah, question? Yes, and, and uh, sometimes uh, I, I, I've, I've sensed this in some places that the leadership will just placate or give, yes. you know, if, if an older group wants to do it, yeah, go ahead and do it, you know, just, but kind of just be in charge. It, but it's, it's more, it's rich when it comes out of the hearts of the yes. leadership where, you know, because they want to glorify God, preach the gospel, teach the word. They want to see that happen across the board. I you know, know. Mitch, I, I do a workshop that talks about how to revive your Sunday school. I've done it across mm -hmm. the country and it's uh, one that um, all I've learned all all workshop sessions aren't equal. There's some I'm more excited about than others. And when I talk about reviving the Sunday school, to me, your Sunday school will go nowhere. It will absolutely underline it, put it in bold print. It will go nowhere if your pastoral leadership isn't excited about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean right. placated and say, eh, if you want to do it, do it. It will go nowhere mm -hmm. unless they get behind it and they're excited and they're involved in the planning of it and the recruitment and how to grow it and what curriculum and where the classrooms meet. And you break that thing all, you peel that thing back like an onion mm -hmm. and you make a plan and you can have a vibrant Sunday school in this day. In 2020, as we look toward 2021 as the Lord tarries, you can have a great Sunday school. But you have to have pastoral leadership. Yeah. And you and I both know, having pastored, that just because you're the pastor of a church doesn't mean you're excited about every program in your church. Sure, and this sure. is what I say to pastors. If you look at your Sunday school and that's how you feel, that all that is, that's a tap from God on mm. your shoulder saying, mm. it's not up to speed. You have work to do. And the ministry is tough work. It's tough planning. You're not going to turn it around in a week. But let me assure your listeners, ministers that are out there, that maybe you're sitting on the fence for a, a graded teaching ministry in their church, a Sunday school. You get behind it. You put the work in. They, they can be, feel free to call me. They don't ever have to use our material. I will help them. Mm -hmm. And really, to get the Sunday school turned around, get excited about it. But if the pastor's not behind it, mm -hmm. pastors are leaders. They're visionaries in their church. If they admit it or not, they are. People look to them for leadership. So it's and if interesting. They're not you're, behind it, you're you're seeing. I mean, it's interesting you're saying this because we we do tend to think of Sunday school as being a you know an old older tradition, but yes. you're seeing it still uh, uh, popular, reviving, and in, in some absolutely, in absolutely. Some, and, and you can you can call yeah. it. You don't have to call it something. Yeah, school. yeah. Well, we you call, can call it, it something else. Yeah. Well, where I was, where you and I were both in Wisconsin, we called it the Adult Bible Fellowship. Correct. You know, and and you think about this, the leadership. You know, generally, a pastor's really excited about children's ministry, excited about youth ministry. Why would he not be excited about adult ministry? You know, yes. where there's there's a, that that context where. There can be learning, biblical learning, yes. um, you know, systematic learning of the Bible, yes. uh, which you know, I think should happen out of the pulpit. But it, if anything can reinforce that and be an extension of it, strong, that's a stronger church. And one other thing I think that Sunday school delivers that hardly any other program, maybe small group would, but that is kind of a Sunday school in a way is a small group. The thing I love about Sunday school is. It's where your students get to 
ask questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, in the morning worship, you're preaching a sermon. Trust me. I mean, you love to see response, but you don't have the time Mm -hmm. normally to answer people's questions, maybe in the lobby, but think how many people walk out on a Sunday. If you have a church of any size, and, and the questions just kind of fade away. They had them, but they mm-hmm. didn't find a forum where they could ask them. But Sunday school, that mm-hmm. is where you get to raise your hand or, you know, speak out and, and yeah, get those the, questions. Yeah, answered. definitely. Well, let's, let's talk about uh, other content because we're not talking about Sunday school. We're talking sure. about biblical education, but we're, we're kind of agreeing that Sunday school has been and as you say, continues to be the context where that happens. Yes. Uh, but a lot of churches are moving away from that. Uh, mm-hmm. Church close to us here has, has if you, you don't use the word cancel uh, to them because it transitions. So right. if you say canceled, you're, you're corrected. We did not cancel Sunday school. We're transitioning it to community groups. Right. Um, what, what are you observing there? And can, can a church maintain that as high level of commitment to biblical education by changing the methodology of the program? Well, you know, I, I, I mean, I obviously defend, it can, but does sure. it? I defend, I mean, I'm also, uh, uh, you know, I would defend somebody. You're not going to find Sunday school in the Bible. So you can, you can look it up in your concordance. So if, you know, I think the, the neat thing about the church is we are free to do different things. And sometimes sure. different things work even in different areas of our country. So I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I think when I'm a, um, an apologist for is somehow students learning at their own grade level, mm-hmm. the needs of a first grader are very different than a sixth grader or a, eighth grader or 11th grader or an adult and, and, and the issues, the topics, the, the things that you're going to study in scripture, or if you even go from a more um, verse by verse approach, um, the application, the questions are going to be different for all your different students. So um, somehow as we transition, what do we have? that meets that need of Mm -hmm. your students because putting students in a children's worship service all at one grade level, you know, the Mm -hmm. kindergartners are in with the fourth graders. I'm just here to tell you that I believe the needs are different on each Mm -hmm. of those levels. So, or a small group study, look, is there value for a family to sit and worship God and learn Mm -hmm. from the word? You and I would agree that that's true. But again, the needs, it's going to take some thought to meet the needs of that first grader, Mm -hmm. that third grader, the mom, the dad, the teenager. So um, there will be challenges. Yeah. So, so again, back to the churches that are transitioning away from the traditional uh, kind of in, in building program to uh, home fellowship groups. Uh, So church churches that are transitioning from the, the, the structured, uh, transitioning from the structured in-house program to like home fellowship. So what are you seeing that it, it, it is it harder to maintain that commitment when it's sort of uh, uh, decentralized, you know, from the, the, the hour, the facility, the oversight, 
Uh, I mean, that's been my experience. It's harder because I, I think most churches will say, yeah, we're transitioning to home fellowships uh, and we're going to do that. We have the same high level of commitment to biblical education, uh, but it's harder to observe it, to uh, invest in it. You know, I, I, I've often said that the home fellowship or community groups that, that work are the ones that are managed very well and intensely yes. from the top. They have to be. Yes. And uh, if they're not, then the pe- people will, uh, you know, to use the Old Testament, they will do what's right in their own eyes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. And I don't, uh, you know, um, my wife and I are a part of a um, fellowship group, a small, we call them life groups, I mm-hmm. believe, at our church. And we enjoy that. Um, I think uh, I, I agree with you. Again, it's, it, it, it's got to be managed well. There has mm-hmm. to be oversight. Well, there, unless, there, your goal, unless your goal in doing it is fellowship or right uh, or being missional to reach the community, right? Uh, right. But I've I seen those work, right? Yeah, but if you're yeah. if you're transitioning away from a <laughs> graded education time, and that is going to take its place, mm-hmm. then fellowship totally a, a group that you fellowship or outreach isn't going to it's just not going to parallel the bible education it's just not going to i don't think i mean you can yeah. give a devotional and that's good and pray yeah. and, yeah, and unless there's a, again unless there's a high commitment to it on the part of the leadership right and you have resources that you're you're either training leaders intensely or or you're giving them resources and training them to use those resources yep. as well yep. Um, and I, I think it can, I mean, my encouragement, part of the reason I'm doing this podcast is if tr- uh, churches are transitioning away from the in-house structured, uh, you know, time specific, uh, kind of Sunday school or whatever you want to call it right. to the home, uh, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Uh, don't, don't give up that high commitment to teaching the word of God because th- that ought to be, you know, fellow, and I think fellowship can happen. Sure. And in that, just like it does in Sunday school, a lot of times in Sunday school, you know, people would share together beforehand in a home. It's more intimate. I think, I think you can have both worlds. It's just harder to do because it's out of sight, out of mind. And again, people do what's right in their own eyes. Right. Right. A leader just starts to, yeah, let's just do our own thing here. Right. Yeah. I guess where I, um, and maybe we would differ a bit. Um, I, again, I go back to, um, you're editing this, so if I keep repeating this, you can cut a few of them out. Yeah. But I, I just go back to that in a home fellowship group where I think it will mm. be very difficult is to you have all ages under one roof. Yeah, yeah. And I think there are certain topics you're not going to talk about in all ages under one roof. Um, there are certain, you know, kids need – they need to learn the narratives, the stories, the what it's all about. Uh, many adults know that, and they want to talk more specifically or maybe on issues that are more adult in content. So mm-hmm. I think it, it would, it's tough to me, a home group like that. It, it, there is nothing wrong with it. I support it. Um, you know, certainly they benefit, but I think where they lose um, when you don't have that graded education, where third grade, I, I think it, that's tough to match, in my opinion. 
Yes, yes, I uh, that th- that's a good point, and I I I totally agree with you. I I think my just just to uh, offer here that uh, or what I'm what I'm offering and suggest if it's sure if that train's already left the station, and yes. you know, and this is the way they're going to go. I'm appealing to those churches. Yes, at least you know use use that context to. Yep, uh, to, to teach, yeah, and and most churches that I've seen have done this. It, it's the children and youth are not part of it, uh, which is an interesting point. Is what do you do with that? You know, you do have Wednesday yes. programs, um, but let's, uh, yeah. So, any any more thoughts on on how can biblical education still be the center if they're if they've changed their you know, that traditional format, what would be, because you all have resources, uh, regular right. Baptist press has resources that can be used oh, in yeah. small groups as well as Sunday yeah. school. Yeah. Mitch, we, uh, no publisher today writes things too specific. This is it. about mm-hmm. the time you mm-hmm. think you figured the church out, you'll see something you've, you know, something newfangled. And mm-hmm. so anything that's written today, whatever your publishing company is, Believe me, they're writing it so that it can be used in a myriad of ways. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, th- there are ways to, if the, a church is transitioning out of sun- the Sunday school and doing different things, um, many of these resources are very adaptable and will, will meet your needs. And they'll mm-hmm. be a huge help. And, you know, you're using mostly volunteer staff in churches. So mm-hmm. um, they're these resources will take them a long way down the path to being effective in the classroom. A lot of, a lot of parents, grandparents are increasingly concerned with their children growing up in a, in a world that is, uh, you know, antagonistic to the gospel. Mm-hmm. We were, they're growing up in a confused world, uh, you know, morally, uh, uh, politically, the worldview is so different than it was for, you know, back in our generation, what are you, what, what speak a little bit to parents, grandparents on, on how we can offer a solid biblical education to our kids. I mean, maybe not just in the church, but even at home. Yeah. That's been one of my burdens that, uh, yeah, I think I, I wish maybe I'd done a little bit better with my kids. Although I, I think we did well. I mean, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of what we did when we raised our kids was just, uh, you know, talking with them. It's the Deuteronomy six, as you get mm-hmm. up, as you sit yep. down, uh, yep. some of it was structured, but I know I would, and I even do this with my grandchild, granddaughter. I I'm always talking on, on her level, theology mm-hmm. and doctrine and <laughs> concepts of the faith. Yep. And so yep. what, yeah, what to speak to that a little bit. Well, I, uh, you know, I, I, again, I mentioned, I love the church, but when you look at life, the church is a slice of the pie. And, uh, you know, I, I learned as a youth leader that I wasn't the kid's parent. I wasn't the kid's grandparent. I was just their youth pastor. So Mm -hmm. in in those days and, uh, whatever their parents were, um, if I liked it or not, I had to respect that they were the parents. And, um, so um, I, I learned to really love parents and grandparents and try to work with them in harmony. And to parents and grandparents, um, I think it's kind of the tightest two kind of thing where realize 
if you realize it or not, those little little ones, those grandkids, your kids, they're watching you. <laughs> and that's why it's so difficult, yeah. isn't it, Mitch, in, uh, in our homes? Because we can be one thing in the church, but our kids know exactly who mm-hmm. we are, exactly how we think, what our temperament is like. So to be consistent, I, I, you know, once upon a time, I asked a couple, they had great kids, their kids were older than ours. And I said, how did you get, and they were committed Christians. I said, how did you mm-hmm. get such good kids? And, and he's, I know what he'd say. And he said, I believe the Bible is a book of moderation and we are, we are always very balanced in our home. Mm. Didn't get too excited over things. Didn't, mm. didn't, you know, applaud and you know go crazy. He said, we tried to be very balanced. And I look back at that and uh, in my life and I wish I would have even been more balanced in my Christian walk that, that consistency, I think, as uh, kids watch, even I'd even say to older people in the church, and I, I love that older crowd. I mean, I'm, I'm becoming we're a there part too. Of the yeah, we're crowd. getting there. Yeah, and I look at them and I say, even if you don't have grandkids or your grandkids live halfway across the country, just remember you have kids in that church that are watching you. Mm-hmm. If you know it or not, you are what a Christian man mm-hmm. or woman is to them. And in many ways, you do, you do reflect Christ. So Take that role, put it on, live it. You're going to make mistakes. I do, you do, mm-hmm. um, we all do. But um, in harmony with the church, um, I think that can be very powerful because, Mitch, this is a, a society that I think is turning against Christianity. Yeah. It's a very secular, materialistic society, very evil world in many mm-hmm. ways. And yet the opportunity today to let our light burn bright. I played golf the other day with a guy who's not a believer, and he said to me, what is going on in the world? And, mm, <laughs> man, mm. I wanted to talk for the next 20 minutes on, yeah. but we had to get back to golf. But people are asking, yeah. what is going on? And, man, I think we had to look to the heavens and say, yeah. God, thank you that you've given us this opportunity that we're in a position that we can minister and, you know, minister to our own kids and grandkids, but also out in the world. Yeah, that's really good. And, and uh, again, uh, just an encouragement to, to parents, grandparents, which yes. that's our, that's our world now is to yes. just value the conversations that you have yep. with your kids. And yes, it doesn't amen. have to be, it doesn't have to be structured. It doesn't have to be. No. Uh, yeah. I, I uh, my granddaughter reacted a little bit yesterday because I, you know, like I do a lot of times, I pulled out the Iwana book and I started reading and she said, she said, Papa, I didn't, you didn't ask me if I wanted to hear it right now. And, <laughs> and, and she was a little bit upset. And I told Elaine afterwards, I really learned a lot from that, that, you know, I felt like, Oh, now it's time. It's Wednesday afternoon. I have, and, and her, her point was just, I just want to enjoy interacting. Yeah. You know I mean? That's yes. not what really what she was saying, but that's kind of what she meant. <laughs> uh, so that's great. Yeah, that's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's interesting. You 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 learn uh, you learn a lot about your own parenting style by how you are towards your grandchildren. And mm-hmm. I'm I realize mm, maybe I, especially as a pastor, maybe expected too much or yes, you know, was too yeah. try to be too structured on things. Yeah. But uh, yeah, okay. Let um, a couple last questions here. Let's say a church okay. is convicted of this or has been for a while, and they're hearing this. Maybe even lay people are. 
are bemoaning the fact that their, their church has drifted away from biblical education, whether it's Sunday school or whatever. Right. Um, what steps do you recommend that a church takes to get back to that commitment? Well, you know, again, I, I think um, I'd like to be able to give someone, write out a plan, and next week they could go from <laughs> where they're at to it, it's all solved. And I think, Mitch, I, I've learned this is a little bit of the school of hard knocks, and, and yet I, I think it fits in a biblical framework. Um, you have to step back, and sometimes you even have to get unbiased eyes to, to view your ministry. And, you know, I always tell workshop groups that it's kind of like parking a junky car in your driveway. You're, the first time you do it, your wife says, you got to get that old car out of the driveway. But if it stays there long enough, you quit seeing it and you think it's okay. Mm -hmm. And in the church, sometimes we are the worst at analyzing our own ministry. So we have mm. to listen and seek and maybe find some outsiders to view and give us some feedback. And it all works in a mm. plan. It is the peeling the onion back and look at every aspect of our teaching ministry, how we're doing it, what we're doing, how we're training, what curriculum, what books, and lay out a plan. And then the whole congregation, I think, needs to buy into it. There can be a group that works on it and then lay out what's the most effective plan for your church. If you call that Sunday school or you call it something yeah. else. So really it's asking the question is how well are we doing uh, teaching the scriptures here in our church? If that's the most important thing, how well are we doing? So you do you uh, you do assessments with churches? or most We do. Just, okay. No, we do. We have a, uh, we, our curriculum is called Strong Curriculum, and we have a book called Strong Church, and it has assessment forms mm -hmm. in it. And um, so churches or a pastor or, you know, whoever heads up the Christian Education Committee mm -hmm. could sit down and they could work through the book. What, what you'd read in the first part of the book is stuff you probably already know, mm -hmm. but it will kind of firm up mm -hmm. your thoughts. And then the back part, our assessments that you can take, but I, I'd work with any church um, to help them. Does that church email does it, or whatever? Does it pre, does it presume that it has a Sunday school, or you you would work with a church that it, just yeah. just that general commitment and desire to sure okay. sure okay. wherever? But we'll put that we'll put that on the website that resource and of course your okay. your contact and information. Yep, Good. All right. Any, any final thoughts as we wrap up here? This has been a good conversation. A bit of a, if I don't edit this at all, it's going to be a very broken conversation. Because we, <laughs> Between if, if, the, the mountains of where you're at. And yeah, yeah. Winter weather of, of where we're at. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, my, fi my final thoughts are, I, I want to emphasize, Mitch, that I love churches and I love pastors. And um, I... I, you know, I, I just so believe that Jesus Christ so changed my life mm. as an 11 year old boy. And I look back and I am so privileged and mm. in a way proud in a righteous way. I'm proud that I have this relationship with a sovereign God that I didn't deserve. I didn't earn and that I'm able to in any way do his work. 
um, I get excited about that. Mm. And mm. as much as I can honestly say to your audience, I so believe in the scriptures and the older I get, that just firms up more mm. and more every day and who Christ is and that he's coming again. And um, I get excited when I see churches that are, you know, trying or they're effective in their community. Mm. I get excited about that. And mm. so if I can play any role in that, I, that's great. And, you know, yeah, most I churches probably will never use me, but I'm, I'm here and uh, willing to go to work. Well, I thank you. And, and I, we hope this podcast will be an encouragement. And I, I think yes. one of the, you know, my final thought here is that we're again with COVID churches closing or reopening, many people not going back to church is just a reminder of how important the church is Yes, yes. and, and how biblical the church is. Yeah. And, and, um, and that our kids need to be in the body life and teenagers need to be in body life. Adults need to be in body yes, life. Amen. amen. So let's, uh, let's not forget that. Well, thank yeah. you, Alan. You did a yep. great job and we could Thanks, not help the, the bad connections, but we'll see if we can <laughs> get this together. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. God bless you. You are so welcome. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Before You Quit podcast. If you have any questions or comments about anything we've talked about today or other podcasts, you can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. So until next time, stay encouraged, be courageous, because serving Jesus is worth all of that hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged. Mm -hmm.